So as we continue to worship today, friends, we have two readings. Our first reading is from the book of Acts. I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 14, and then from the Gospel of John, chapter 17, some selected verses. So Acts 1, verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Until the day he was taken up into heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know the time or date, the Father is set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking up into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew. Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And our Gospel reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 17. I'm reading from verse 1 to 11, and then 20 to 26. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority of all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they sh may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. They brought you sorry, I brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words they gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for, those, for they are yours. 
All I have is yours and all you have is mine and glory has come to me through them. I'll remain in the world no longer, but they will stay in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. And then verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. In them, and it, sorry, I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity, to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, through the world, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them, and will continue to make you known, in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I, that I myself may be in them. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Father, as we come to you today, we give you thanks and praise that your grace is with us and that your love continues to walk in the space with us. As we come through the reading, hearing, and understanding of Holy Scripture to a deepening understanding of what it is you're calling us to today, we ask that you would lead us in what it is you want from us. So may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each and every one of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer, Jesus Christ our Lord, now and always. Amen. Friends, this past Thursday we celebrated a very important date in our church calendar. We celebrated Ascension Day. Now we, we had our services on Thursday and we remembered that Ascension Day is the end of the earthly ministry of Jesus. And I want to, to clarify that and make sure we hear that right. The earthly, not the ministry of Jesus, but the earthly ministry of Jesus. It marks the conclusion of Jesus coming to earth. Remember, as prophesied in Isaiah 9 verse 6, wonderful counselor, mighty God, holy father, prince of peace. These, these messianic titles that were brought into that space. And as Jesus was prophesied, or should I say the message was shared angelically to Mary, to Joseph. There's a moment in which Jesus came, Emmanuel, God amongst us. And as he came, Emmanuel, God amongst us, there was a moment in which that messianic expectation and hope was with Christ. The one who came, born, the Christ. As he grew, he, he began his earthly ministry and he called amongst him, around himself, followers. Remember, he, he walked along the lakeside and he said, come, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they did. For three years they journeyed with Jesus. And it's in that space that they learned from Jesus as their teacher, as their rabbi. 
They learned from Jesus what it means to be a follower of God and of Jesus in that time. So it brings to an end that ministry. Because there's a space in which he was teaching them. We know that, that Jesus then went to the cross on our behalf. And he died for our sins. For your sins, for my sins, for all people's sins. Jesus died on the cross. Then he rose triumphant on the third day. Overcoming sin and death and showing himself alive. Our reading from Acts even says, giving convincing proofs that he was alive over a period of 40 days. You see, friends, Jesus prepared his disciples to continue the ministry that he'd begun. So Ascension Day, and this being Ascension Sunday, is a, a moment in which we remember that Jesus is the one who came. God amongst us, who dwelt amongst us, taught. And we've got the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as well as the references in the New Testament letters of Paul and others to Jesus and his ministry. It's in that space that he died and fulfilled the work and reason for coming. To reconcile man to God. An innocent person paying the price for the guilty. That one who came to set us free from sin and death. Doing the work that he came to do. So Ascension Day in itself is a, is a moment of victory. It's a victory cry as Jesus is lifted up and takes his rightful place next to God the Father. Now, in our Gospel, in our reading from Luke, and our Gospel reading, we don't hear where Jesus went. But I, I often get asked this question, particularly after an Ascension Day service, and thankfully not this year, but in previous years. People say, well, well, that's all good and well. Jesus goes up to heaven. But many of us were taught as, as youngsters at Sunday school or at other spaces that Jesus is up there. As we, we point to the sky and the clouds, Jesus is up there. Anyone ever, ever taught that? I, I see you nodding. I'm also nodding. And it's in that space that we often, as ch in a childlike faith, we get wave and say, Hey, Jesus, how are you doing? How's it going? How are you, Jesus? Paul helps us understand where Jesus is. He's up there. But we read in Ephesians 1, 19-23 these words. This power working in us is the same as the mighty strength which he used when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand side in the heavenly world. Christ rules there above all heavenly rulers, authorities, powers and lords, has a title superior to all titles of authority in this world and next. God put all things under Christ's feet and gave him to the church as supreme lord over all things. The church is Christ's body, the completion of him who himself completes all things everywhere. So what does this mean for us? Jesus completed why he came and has taken his rightful place, God with God, reconciled. Emmanuel no longer needed because God is with us. The kingdom of God has been established through the work of Jesus Christ. But the disciples need to continue that work. In our reading from Acts, we hear these words, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. In other words, when you are empowered by the Holy Spirit, then, is this word then, you will be my witnesses. The, the Greek there means ambassadors, representatives for God in that space. You will be, and it goes on and he lists different locations. Jerusalem, 
Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the world. Can I suggest that that Ascension Day, as much as Jesus takes his rightful place, is also a reminder and an invitation for us as the church of today to ask, what are we doing with the ministry God has given us to do? I see it as, a, as the, the relay race, the baton being handed on to the generation. Jesus began the work and he hands that, that ministry baton on to the disciples and the apostles of that day. And he has he hands on that baton to them. It's their turn to run, empowered by the Holy Spirit, which is, comes at Pentecost, which we'll talk about next Sunday. And as they run the race of ministry, they pass it on from generation to generation. To us today and to the generations that are with us here today, whether it's grandchildren, children, great-grandchildren, the generations that, that are present in the space with us all the way through have the invitation and the challenge to run with that baton of ministry. And I believe that's the call of Ascension Sunday. What are we doing with the ministry that God has given us? And this brings us to, to our reading from John 17 today. As those who, who are empowered witnesses of God today, empowered messengers, representatives, ambassadors for Christ into the world, we hear these words in um, verse 20 to 23 from John 17. My prayer is not for them alone. Hear these words. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Do you hear what John's telling us? Not just for the disciples of that age, but for those who will come to believe through their message. That's, could I bring it to us, our message. Our message that, that we're sharing with the world around us at this time. My prayer is not for them alone, but also for those who will believe through their message. That all of them may be one, Father. Just as you are in me and, and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one, as we are one. I and them, and, and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me. And have loved them even as you have loved me. Friends, both of our readings today speak about the disciples continuing the ministry that Jesus began. A ministry of reconciliation, a ministry of unity that Christ began. And there's, there's three important aspects of it that I want to highlight for us briefly this morning. What this actually means for us. What does it mean for us to, to run that ministry baton and to hold the baton to pass on to the generations that come behind us? Well, firstly, for me, and in our reading, we, we hear that it means about making a loving God known. I want to say it again. Making a loving God known to all people. How are we living out our lives in such a way as to, to show the love of God. Our reading actually finishes in this last few verses, I think 25, 26, where Jesus says the love is passed on. There's a moment in which we've received the love of God, and that love builds up in us. 
I mean, 1 John 3 talks about God being love and, and us being made in the image of God. Therefore, we need to love. And if we don't love, we're not of God. I mean, that's, that's the gist of what 1 John 4, 3, verse 4, 16, around there says. And there's a space in which we need to ask ourselves, how are we living out the love of God into the world around us? And I know, I know the world is in desperate need of love. Just take a look at the goings-on of the world around us. In our families, in our communities, in our interactions with, with the greater world, whether it be at the shops, school, wherever it may be. Driving on the roads. There's a deep sense in which we need to bring that love of God to all people. And I'm not talking about intentional acts. Those are good. I'm talking about making a part of who we are. As we seek to live out that love. Can I say that the love of God oozing, pouring, coming out of us through the way in which we live our lives. Can I give it another name? Perhaps hope, grace, joy that we live out to the kingdom of God. That's the, the first way. The second is about being about the announcing of the kingdom of God. In other words, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with those that we meet. Whether you use St. Francis' word, preach the gospel always, if necessary, use words. Can I say, through the way in which we live out our lives, preaching the gospel, where people say, What's, there's something different about this guy, this girl, this person, this, whoever you are. There's something different about them. How are we sharing the message of salvation? That we have a loving God who loves us enough to send Jesus Christ to bring us back into relationship with God. Reconciling man to God. Human beings, people, back to God. And in relationship with each other. Perhaps a step further from that is living it out prophetically. In other words, what are we saying to the world around us as we live out our faith? Into circumstances of corruption, in circumstances when we, we're asked for a bribe or, or something. What does it mean for us in that space to live prophetically, both in words and in deeds, the gospel, the love, the grace of God? Can I say that the love of God that was shown to us through Jesus Christ, the one whose ministry is completed, and he hands us on that ministry to continue to live that into the world around us. I believe that both of our readings give us a clear basis that, that as the disciples continue this earthly ministry, a ministry of sharing the good news of God, of the kingdom of God established on earth. I mean, we, we prayed early on, we prayed these words, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As Jesus began his earthly ministry, he began with the kingdom of God is near, repent, and believe. Perhaps that's the simplicity of the message we need to share. Because it's about reconciliation with God and unity with those made in the image of God as brothers and sisters in Christ. For me, it reaches beyond just the space we occupy here as the church gathered today. And it reaches beyond that to, to asking ourselves, how are we joining in ministry with our brothers and our sisters in Christ, in other churches, in other spaces, 
Jesus prays, he says, that they may be one. And it's repeated in our first bit of the prayer from John 17 and in the last bit. My prayer is that, that they, the disciples, may be one in the space they find themselves. That's the first bit. And the second bit is that they may be united with all other people. So perhaps the question to us is how are we getting along with our, our brothers and sisters, perhaps who worship down the road here at AFM, the church over here, the one in the Archeus over here, the Presbyterians on the road, the Anglicans down the, further down the hill, uh, the Presbyterian, the, the Baptists on top of the hill here, all the other churches that surround us, perhaps reaching further afield to, to those who surround us and the many believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, who'll be worshiping today in the spaces and places they find themselves. How are we working towards that type of unity in the space in which the church has become divided because of doctrines and decrees? Can I suggest that as by our shared belief that God is the one who loves us so much that we're brought, irrespective of who we are, into a relationship with God. And as we're brought irrespective into that relationship with God, we're given that space to grow to develop and to minister, to, to share the love of God, but to work towards unity with our brothers and our sisters in Christ, whoever they may be. And I believe that's through the ministry of God that we, there's this saying, we're better together. Anyone ever hear that word, those words? I think that's what Jesus is saying. Because our reading finishes with those words that Jesus, and it's a reading from Ephesians 1, is the head of the church. His body. And we're part of that body. How are we helping people love God as we ooze the love through the way we live out our lives? How are we sharing the good news with others? And how are we speaking that love prophetically into the world around us? Sharing the love of God into the world and challenging the world by the way we live out our lives. Can I almost say, like Jesus lived, counterculture to the world in which we find ourselves. So friends, Jesus' earthly ministry was about making the good news of the kingdom of God come near known. That God was wanting man to be united with God, to those made in the image of God, to be connected and united to each other. You see, friends, that, that comes to the, the recognition that God has loved us and made a way for a relationship through Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, we can come to God because Jesus has overcome sin and death, not just for us, not just for Methodists, but for all people. So that they may come into that relationship and I believe that, that Ascension Day marks that for us. Because it hands the ministry back and on. How are we doing this? How are we doing in, in sharing that good news? That this mission is accomplished, that the baton is in our hands. I, I, I believe that we find it in the Acts reading. Because the most striking part of that entire reading for me, and the part that sticks out at this moment as well, as it did for the first disciples, and as it does to us almost 2,000 years ago, is the words of those messengers dressed in white. As they stand amongst the disciples, and they say these words, 
men of Galilee, can I change that a little bit for us? Nootyaville Methodist Church. Why are you standing here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. So Jesus hands that ministry back on, but we know that he will come again. And when he comes, what's he going to find us doing? That's the challenge. Are we about the work of the kingdom of God? Are we spreading the good news? Are we witnessing for Christ to the world around us through the way we live out our lives? The way we conduct ourselves? The way we do our things? Through thought, word, and deed? Are we working for reconciliation, for unity, for hope, for transformation? Are we working towards that they may be one as we are one? Or is there something else we're working on? Because the disciples' response, as we read in, in Acts, is they return to the place from which they came. And hear these words from verse 14. They all joined together. Hear these words. They all joined together, constantly in prayer, along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In prayer, together, united. And for me, that is a challenge for us. Can I perhaps invite us as we go into the week that lies ahead to ask ourselves and to carry into our time of prayer whatever that may look like with God. The question is, how am I running with that baton? How am I working at loving and, and having that love of God that's building up in me pour out through the way I live? How am I sharing the good news with those around me? How am I sharing the good news of Christ and what God has shared with us? And how am I speaking prophetically to the world around us? Maybe choose one of those. Maybe how am I witnessing? How am I, I loving being an ambassador for Christ through the way I live my life? Can we do this? Let's pray. Almighty and ever-loving God, we give you thanks that you are with us. And that your grace is sufficient and your love is enough. And as we continue to, to walk with you in the spaces and places we find ourselves, that you continue to minister into our hearts and our lives, that we would be your ambassadors and representatives through the way we live out our lives. Father, this isn't easy. And we ask that you would strengthen us for this work, for your kingdom's sake. Strengthen us to, to spread your love. To reconcile and work towards reconciling man with God through helping others to, to encounter the good news of Jesus Christ and through working towards unification towards being in unity with our brothers and our sisters to loving others as, as we love ourselves so Father help us we pray to, to know what to hear from the sermon to put it to practice for we ask this all in your precious name Jesus now and always Amen.